Let's study the Proverbs, chapter number 9, chapter number 9. Thank you for all the music tonight. And Brother Schwartz, thank you. Did a good job tonight, didn't he? Amen. Leading the singing. It's good to have his folks here tonight. And uh, he's in uh, extra good behavior tonight, I noticed. And uh, Proverbs chapter number 9 tonight. Proverbs in chapter number 9. And uh, we're going to study uh, and seek again some wisdom from the Lord. Bless, Father, I pray the study of thy word to our hearts. And please give me your wisdom and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to draw your attention to chapter 9. And we have studied chapter 7 already, but I would like to point out some contrasts between chapter 9 and chapter 7. We begin with uh, wisdom, again personified as a lady. In verse 1 of chapter 9, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth or lacketh understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. May I say to you, dear young people, I I, I realize that the world... But to all of us, I realize the world in which we live is constantly sending out its invitations, its solicitations, beckoning us to foolishness, beckoning beckoning us to join the world. But I got news for you. Wisdom has something to say as well. Wisdom has a house. Wisdom has a table. And wisdom also extends the invitation. We find wisdom builds her house in chapter 9 and verse 1 and over in 7 and verse number 8. The Bible mentions the house of the strange woman. Verse 1 of 9 says that her house hath seven pillars. Now seven in the Bible is a number of completion. Uh, If you remember, Naaman dipped seven times in in the Jordan River. If you know this, there's seven colors in the rainbow, seven notes in the scale, seven days in the week. And uh, it's God's number of completion. And this, uh, these seven pillars give us a picture of a house that is stable, that is strong, that provides safety and a place of trust. The 19th verse of our parallel chapter, verse 19 of chapter 7, speaks of this house. The goodman is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. This home of the strange woman is on shaky ground. It's a weak home. It's an unstable home. It's not a safe place. It's a, it's a place of secrecy and mistrust. Uh, yes, I know wisdom uh, is not perhaps as uh, uh, offer the immediate satisfaction that the pleasures of sin offer. But can I tell you something? Uh, in the long run... The old pleasures of sin leave a bitter taste in your mouth. And wisdom is a place you can build a whole life there. I've told the story before and probably in this series, but the junior executive at a law firm, it never never could quite make the senior partnership. And 
just never could and never could, but he had a good testimony, and he got discouraged. He had his faithful husband and a beautiful wife and children and a lovely stable home, and he just never could quite hit the big time, so to speak, and make the senior partnership. And one day, his his boss, who was just as filthy rich as he could be, and uh, he and his counterparts often talked about their weekend escapades, and he saw a little bit of dejection in this junior partner, and he inquired about it. And the junior partner, in a moment of transparency, said, well, you know, I just, I don't know, I just... I, 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 I just don't feel like I fit in and I'm, I, I'm, I'm ready to do about whatever I need to do to make it. And that senior man in the law firm said, Sir, let me tell you something. I'm jealous of you. I envy you. And he said, You sit in here. Everybody knows how you live your life. Everybody knows you're a family man. We've seen your wife and your children. And you sit in here and listen to our weekend escapades. He said, I'd give anything I have to be able to go home to somebody that I knew would be there and that I knew loved me. He said, don't ever trade what you have for what I have because it's not worth it. Let me tell you something. The old world can paint a pretty picture. I remember making an inside delivery uh, years ago and I still running packages for overnight transportation. And made a back, it went to an alley and went to a back door and went in and a building and I had a, it was an inside delivery. It was a it was a pallet of uh, of crazy string. Was that what you call it? Crazy string, silly string. Sorry, silly string. Y'all know what silly string is? Okay, silly. You spray it out and it just goes everywhere. It's kind of foam kind of thing. Anyway, silly string. And so I, had, I was uh, making inside delivery. I load up my cart, you know, and take it in there. And I went in there and it was dark, con- concrete floor, and uh, it smelled. And I was like, where am I? And I got inside and started offloading those boxes. And I realized that I was in, I guess would be you would call it a nightclub. There's a bar on one side over here. And psychedelic colors on the wall and a disco ball and so forth like that. And it stank in there. And it wasn't attractive. And I remember thinking, you know, without the lights and without the alcohol and without all the the nudity and perversion, this place don't really have much to offer. You turn the music off, you turn the lights off, and you ain't got much left. You know, the world can't do anything anymore without a bunch of rock music. You can't do much of anything. The, the f- football's gone now. Basketball's uh, uh, hijacked by the by the uh, uh, hip-hop crowd. Just about everything. It, 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 it's obnoxious. I used to enjoy ball games. I used to enjoy rodeos. I used to enjoy a good uh, uh, hockey game. But it's obnoxious. You can't go anywhere. It's not even music. But the world has to scream at you and have a bunch of psychedelic lights and flashing lights to act like they got anything because you turn all that off and there really is nothing there. Wisdom has a house too. It's a stable house. It's home sweet home. It's the kind of home you want. Verse 2, wisdom hath killed her beasts. Amen. Wisdom's got a pot roast on. Don't you love that smell of a pot roast? Oh, boy. I love that. I love the smells of this season. Amen. The food. And I understand we got a ham uh, on the docket for here for Christmas Day. But anyway, she hath killed her beasts. It's a pot roast on this biscuits and gravy. This is all in the Hebrew here. Biscuits and gravy and mashed potatoes and so forth. 
And I, I think some pie went. Anyway, but she had killed her beast. She had mingled her wine. And uh, she had also, and by the way, wine, that's fruit of the vine, so don't get excited about getting drunk. She had mingled her wine, the fruit of the vine. She had furnished her table. Her table is set. You know, can I tell you something? Uh, my wife has always been very good about beautifying our home, and the table's a big deal to her, big deal to her. She loves dishes. Miss Betty Holback there is one of her dish connections. <laughs> she loves to give her nice dishes. And we have some very lovely dishes. She inherited some from uh, grandparents and so forth. And uh, she loves to make a beautiful table. And, uh, you know, uh, the t- in the right kind of home, the family table is an important place. The family table is an important place. And we like to relax. We like to sit in a chair, kick it back, and eat a frozen pizza. I don't think that's incredibly sinful. But that ought, ought, not, ought not replace the family table. I like to snack. How many like to snack? I like to snack. Amen. Chips and dip. Somebody say amen. Lace potato chips and French onion dip. Somebody come on now. Help me out. Uh, listen, that's good and all. I like Cheez-Its. Amen. I like Cheez-Its. But, uh, but we ought not treat our children like, like little pets we give doggy biscuits to to leave us alone. We need meals again. Amen. We need, we need to spend more time at the table. Amen. That's a special place. Wisdom says, come to my table. Come to my table. Now, uh, verse 22 of chapter 7, the, the strange woman has a table too. And uh, wisdom says, come, I'll give you a, le- a lovely meal. The strange woman says, come, you are the meal. You are the meal. He goeth after a straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter. You're about to be roasted. You're the barbecue. In Proverbs chapter 20 and 30 and verse number 20 said, When she's done with her meal, she wipes her lips and goes on to the next ox. Don't be a dumb ox, buddy. Don't be a dumb ox. Don't let the world eat you. Healthy families spend a lot of time around the family table. That's the most important room in a healthy family. Did you ever notice the world has a preoccupation with the bedroom? Hollywood has a a preoccupation with the bedroom. Why do you need a bedroom sink to sell a loaf of bread? But just about everything has to include that anymore. Young people, may I say this? This is not, well, this, this applies. We're talking about the house. May I say this for propriety's sake? You for nev- never for any reason, young people, you never for any reason should go into the bedroom of a person you're interested in for any reason. Well, they're going to show me their model car collection. Have them take a picture and send it to you. You see, there's something that's lost in this day and time, and it's called propriety. And it's not proper for you as a young man to be in a girl's bedroom and vice versa. Somebody say amen. Help me out up here. That's not proper. And we need to return to propriety. We need some, we need some, uh, some, some etiquette, some rules. We need some chivalry. You know, we want our, we want our food handled properly. I was looking this up. I was studying this. You know, 180,000 people go to the hospital every year from food stuff. 
They eat something, they got 180,000 a year. 300 of them die. Every year. Is it 300 or 3,000? Or 300,000. How good is this illustration, right? I don't remember. I just, I read it. Uh, just today I read it. But anyway, it's 300 or 3,000. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, but people die every year. Uh, you know, if you if you go to restaurants, well, that's a good restaurant, and you look up there and say, uh, what do they call that where they put in the window? You get a number? Sanitation grade? And it says 75. You're going to say, 75? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> right? You're going to take note of that. Now, if we want our, our food handled properly, then listen, we, if we want propriety at the restaurant, we ought to have propriety at home. We ought to have some things proper at home. Number three says, she hath sent forth her maidens. Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom. She, she sent forth her maidens. You know, verse 13 is, corresponds over in chapter 7. So she caught him, kissed him with an impudent, that word impudent means shameless, face said unto him, and she starts sweet-talking him, luring him in. Can I tell you something? Wisdom has some maidens too. And they're the fairest in the land. There's something beautiful about purity. There's something beautiful about innocence. I'm not trying to be unkind because everybody here is people been saved from different backgrounds and so forth like that. But but we're, 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 this is the young man's book, right? We've been studying it. We're trying to help all of us, but especially we're trying to help the next generation. But listen, don't, listen the world the world wants to take little children make them teenagers, take teenagers, make them adults. And we have we have fallen too quickly into the idea that, that beauty is something made up. But it's not. Now I, I, I don't I'm not I don't preach against makeup. Uh I think uh if you need a little makeup, cover a few blemishes, I think that's fine. That's opinion. But the Bible does say over in First Peter, that ought not to be the big thing. Your, your hairdo ought not be the first thing people see. I, can I just say this? <laughs> oh, boy. You don't need a different hair color every other month, ladies. Did I just say that? I just said that. I'm not. I'm not making issue of this. I, I, listen. What, here's what I don't want. I don't want our girls thinking that beauty is somehow coming up with the latest thing. And 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 the, the Bible said the beautiful part about you should be on the inside, not the oh wow. Now I I, I think there there is two extremes to this. That it, it you know being frumpy is not spiritual. <laughs> Being clean is spiritual. Uh, I'm very thankful that our home is clean, and my wife is a clean person, and she's taught that to our family. She's still trying to help me, but anyway, she's taught that to our girls. And uh, but but and, and and ladies, I don't try to be unkind. I haven't been to your home lately, okay? But your home ought to be. I'm not talking about like a, you know a museum. But it ought to be clean. It ought to be clean. Hello? It ought to be clean. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said, cleanliness is next to godliness. 
And 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 we we need to we need to realize that beauty isn't just being made up or having the latest whatever fashion or the some kind of little something about my look that makes people go, oh wow, oh. Why, why do we're, we're Christians? Is anybody, anybody understand what I'm trying to say? Why do we try and keep up with that little thing the world's done? Why do we need that? How about we be clean, neat, well kept, modest, humble, innocent? Listen, that passage in First Peter. Hey, let's go to it. You want to? Oh. Shall we go to it? Let's go to it. I've references. Let's just read it so you all know it's coming from the Bible. Uh, let's see. First Peter chapter three. Is that it? Yeah. First Peter chapter three. Since we're picking on the ladies tonight, let's just go over to First Peter three. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Uh, women are not subordinate to men, but a wife is to be subject to her husband. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation, the manner of life, behavior, attitude, so forth, of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel. Now, he's not. some people take that verse and say, see, you're not supposed to do anything to your hair. You're not supposed to uh, uh, put wearing jewelry. Well, if it means you're not supposed to wear jewelry, it means you're not supposed to wear apparel. I don't think that's what he means. What he's saying is that ought not be the big thing about you. The, the most beautiful thing, I, I, I think that... Uh, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, something on the inside, and that which is not corruptible... Amen. Even the ornament, that which beautifies, of a meek and a quiet spirit. Now, that doesn't mean like a subservient, you know, sucking my thumb, introvert. No, meekness is evenness. Meekness is evenness. Meekness is the opposite of... It's the opposite of that. It's pleasant all the time. Happy all the time. That, that's meekness. And, and quiet is, can be contrasted with, with uh, clamorous over here somewhere in chapter 7. Uh, it talks about the strange woman. And she, she's, she's loud. She's stubborn. She clamors. And, uh, but my, my, my point is this. What was my point? I remember my point. My point is this. There's something beautiful the world cannot manufacture. Beauty doesn't come in a bottle. Beauty can put a little, a little beauty on the face, but purity and innocence and a sweet spirit puts beauty in the face, if you will. A little makeup puts it on. Beauty puts it on the inside. Hey, the twinkle of an eye doesn't come from a Mary Kay pencil. No. That the beauty, the innocence, the beauty. Listen, there is nobody saved, unsaved, that doesn't enjoy a, a clean, decent young man and a 
clean, pure young lady, a young man with a good testimony, a young lady with a good testimony, a young man that's clean and pure, a young lady that's clean and pure, and they have a little they have a little lighter step when they get near each other. And they enjoy each other. The whole world, I don't care if you save, I care if you unsaved, the whole world goes, oh. There's something attractive about two people. Listen, ladies, you are never more beautiful than you are when you are conspicuously in love with your husband. Never. That's what First Peter teaches us. Let's go back to Proverbs 9. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. The invitation extends. Verse 3 again, She hath sent forth her maiden, she crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. Now she's extending her invitation. Where is she extending her invitation? The Bible says, in the highest places of the city. In other words, openly. She is straightforward. She's in plain sight. Go to chapter 7, look at verse 8. Passing through the street near her corner. And he went in the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. So the strange woman extends her invitation. The lady wisdom extends her invitation in the open places, in the high places where everyone can see. The strange woman extends hers in the darkness of night, in seclusion, secretly, underhandedly, where no one else can see. Hey, did you ever notice, anybody ever rented a bright hotel room? Anybody ever been in a hotel room that's bright? I've never been. (laughs) Why are hotel rooms dim? Huh? Light tells us if something is clean or not, doesn't it? Light tells us if something is clean or not. And uh, we need lights on in our life. Wisdom is after the simple, verse number 4. Just like the strange woman is, verse 7 of 7. Behold, be held among the simple ones. She's looking for the simple ones. May I say this, children? Young people, the more simple you are, the more guardianship you need. The more simple you are, the more guardianship you need. And you ought to be thankful if you have people around you that love you, that care for you, that guard you, that look after you, who have curfews for you and rules for you. And you ought to thank God for that. Amen? Amen. There's nothing wrong with being simple. All of us start simple. Uh, we don't want to stay simple. Uh, but, uh, but wisdom is calling to the simple. Turn in hither and... As for him that wanteth or lacketh understanding, she said to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live. Listen, as we grow in the Lord, young people, as you grow in the Lord, you will more and more have to separate from those who are choosing the path of foolishness. And honestly, that's one of the most difficult things about the Christian life. If you are living for God as an adult, you know what I'm talking about. You've experienced this. And most of you, as young people, young adults and teenagers, have experienced it as well. But it's a painful thing. It's a painful thing when when your path diverges from those you felt once felt a closeness. 
but you got two different life philosophies and you're going two different directions. And you've heard my stories. I'll just tell this one again briefly. But someone very dear to me once, uh, uh, still very dear to me, but years, many years ago, we're, we were close and got up into young adulthood and, and my path took me off to Bible college and so forth like that. And I remember coming back to our hometown there in Hickory and the old buddy, hey, let's get a meal. And we sat down and had a meal together, got our meal. And I don't remember, honestly, I don't remember if I said it. I don't remember if my, buddy, my old buddy said it. But about 10 minutes into that meal, one of us looked at the other and said, it's not really working, is it? And the other said, not really. And we said, hey, love you. Love you too. We had, we had very little in common anymore. Our paths had gone different ways. And our interests were different. And whereas before, anyway, that's part of the Christian life. Young people, you can't, if you can't, if you can't stand up, if you can't say no to the wrong crowd, if you can't walk away, we're not supposed to walk away. Is it this a rough road ahead for you? The world is going to lead you places you don't want to go. And I'm, children, you got, it starts with you. I'm not talking about being condescending, but you've got to learn to say, no, no, thank you. You've got to learn to walk away. You've got to learn to say, no. Your mom and dad have a mandate from the Lord to teach you and train you. Now, we protect you the best we can while we're training you, but our mandate's to get you ready for the world. And the world's a nasty place. The world's a, a bad place. It's a rough place. And... Uh, we're trying to train you, trying to teach you. But ultimately, you come into a place in your life, you'll be able to make your own decisions. And so you need to practice right now. You need to practice right now. Say, hey, no thanks. Not me. Don't count me in. You need to learn to walk away. You need to learn to forsake the foolish and live, the Bible says. Verse number 7, he said, He that reproveth a, a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Verse 8, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Listen, the number one mark of a foolish man and a wise man, the number one mark of a foolish man and a wise man is this, how do you take correction? That's the number one identifier. How do you take instruction? How do you take correction? The Bible says this in verse number seven. You, re- you rebuke a scorner, you reprove a scorner, and you'll get shame to yourself. He that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Basically, he's saying this. He said, if the guy's a cynic and a critic and, a, and mocking, he said, forget it. He's already gone. But rebuke a wise man, verse number 8, rebuke a wise man and he will what? He will love thee. He will love thee. If you're wise, if you're wise, you will be thankful. Thankful that your teacher called you on the carpet. That your mom, your dad disciplined you, spanked you. That Mr. Principal Called you to the office. (laughs) He likes him better than he likes me. 
That's what Cain said. How come you don't like me like you like Abel? And God said, if you want the respect of your brother, there's a sin offering right there. It lies at the door. Why don't you get it and do right? <laughs> he didn't want to do right. Listen, listen. Cain, the Cain spirit is this. I want the same respect and admiration that others have. I just don't want to do right. I got news for you. The children around here that get respect and admiration is because they do right. And if it bothers you that someone who's doing right gets respected and loved and appreciated, then rather than criticize and be a scorner, why don't you do right? Hello? (laughs) Cain, wake up! Why are you ticked? I wish you you couldn't do it, but I wish you could hear our conversations. I wish you could see it. How many times in my office, and tears in that man's eyes right there. Boy, I just, I just wish, I just wish. I wish you would, I just wish for a young person to do right. Pastor, can we, can we, can we, can we extend grace? I would, oh, I just, I would hate. Look, we, we want you to make it. We want you to make it. But, But listen to me, if you earn the reputation of a scorner and a cynic and a critic and someone who cannot be corrected, you did that on your own. There is not a person in leadership in this ministry who has any desire to blackball anybody. That's not why we're here. We're here because of love, because of the call of God, because of our desire to see you do right. Nobody's against you. And if you, listen, if you earn the reputation of not being able to be instructed, not being able to take credit, that's on you. That's on you. Verse number 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Amen. He'll be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. Psalm 141.5. I like these verses. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. Let him reprove me. It shall not break my head. (laughs) That's pretty good, isn't it? Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. It won't break my head. It certainly won't break your head. you got a hard head. Isn't that sweet the way the Bible says that? Here's a young person obviously being corrected. And he says, you know what? I'm glad. That was kind. And can I tell you what kindness is? Kindness is somebody loves you enough to tell you in the right way, in the right spirit. But tell you what you need to hear and hold you accountable. Amen. 
Verse number 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied and the years of thy life shall be increased. Would you look at that verse number 10? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Here's what this verse teaches. The kind, this kind of teachable spirit is cultivated by two things. The fear of the Lord. A reverence for God and a walk with God. A reverence for God and a walk with God. The level of disrespect in society ought to sadden all of us. It ought to sadden all of us. The level of disrespect. And may I say this, I realize that uh, probably not even half of our students at Bailey's Grove Baptist School were in this service tonight. Maybe half, I don't know. But the fear of the Lord is a respect. And that's where wisdom begins. Now, if you don't respect the Lord, and, and according to Romans 13, you respect the Lord by respecting those who represent Him, then you are just becoming more and more foolish. And may I say this? It's disrespectful to talk in church and not pay attention. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to smart off to your teacher. It's disrespectful not to obey immediately when you're told something. That's disrespectful. To that degree that you show disrespect, you're foolish. You're not wise. And I got news for you. You're either getting more foolish every day or you're getting wiser every day. The knowledge of the holy, a walk with God. If you want to grow in wisdom, number one, respect. Number two, You've got to pursue God. You've got to walk with the Lord. You're just sitting in this church is not going to make you spiritual. Sitting in Christian school chapel is not going to make you spiritual. Family devotion is not going to make you spiritual. You have to want God for yourself. Amen? And that's what we want for you. That's what we want for you. We want you to love the Lord because that's a great life. Look at verse 11. For by me, wisdom, see verse number 10, wisdom, and by me, that's wisdom in verse 11, by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. The wise man is saying this, if you'll do this, you, you're the one that benefits. <laughs> you benefit. If you listen, if you be respectful, if you pursue the Lord, if you 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 benefit, you it's for you. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. Do it for you. <laughs> if you're not going to do it for anybody else, do it for yourself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it as well. Do you know who the lonely people are? Scorners. <laughs> Scorners. The Bible says if you're a scorner, if you're a critic, if you're negative, if you're a gossip, you're going to be lonely. That's Bible 
You can get mad at the whole world because nobody wants to be your friend, but that's what the Bible says. Who wants to who wants to be close to somebody who eats people up and spits them out all the time? Seriously. I mean, let's just talk for a minute, okay? How many of you have struggle with your tongue sometimes? Struggle with your tongue, say things. Let's all be honest for a minute. We say things, negative things you shouldn't say. All right, my hand's up. I'll raise it on Brother Hamilton. won't raise it. I'll raise it for you. <laughs> all right. Did we all struggle with this, yes or no? All right, so we're not. We, we, this is a common struggle. Such as is common to man, as the Bible tells us. But if you don't get a hold of that tongue, the Bible said, if you don't get a hold of that tongue, you're setting fires everywhere you go. Now, you, uh, you, uh, once or twice, you know, you get burnt after a while, you're like, what? Right? Yeah. Sure. The tongue is a little member. It's set on fire of hell, the Bible said. A scorner goes around setting little fires. Setting little fires. Setting little fires. Here we go. You want to finish this chapter tonight? Watch how fast we're going to finish this chapter. How many believe we can do it? Say amen. Here we go. Verse number 11. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. Verse 13. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. She's loud, stubborn. Chapter 7 tells us. She's simple and knoweth nothing. Now she thinks she knows everything, but the Bible says no. The Bible says no. You know what? <clears throat> if you don't know something, best thing to do is not sh- you know, shoot your opinion off. Amen? The Bible says a wise man, a, excuse me, a foolish man, if he keeps his mouth shut, people think he's wise. Just if you don't know, just go. Hmm. Amen. Just do that. People think, oh, hmm, be wise. Amen. But don't open your mouth and prove you're a fool. Amen. Verse number fourteen. Here we go. For she sitteth at the door of her house on a high seat, on a seat in the high places of the city. To call passengers who go right on their way. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she said to him, Here it is. Here's the big lie. This is the original lie. This is the Garden of Eden lie. Stolen waters are sweet. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. I know, I know that the, the, the strange woman and the foolish man beckons us in this world from everywhere. But wisdom is also, wisdom's also out there. Wisdom's making a call as well. Wisdom's extending her invitation. The big lie of the Garden of Eden is the same lie that's being told today, and that is... Forbidden fruit is the sweetest. That's a, that's a dirty lie. Forbidden fruit is the sweetest. No, it's not. It'll leave gravel in your mouth. The Bible said elsewhere in Proverbs. Hey, we finished a chapter in one night. Are you? I, I, it happened. You, wist, you witnessed it tonight. Amen. All right, let's stand together, shall we? Uh, it's 11 minutes after 8. 
And uh, we don't have any meetings or anything the rest of the week as far as the church schedule is concerned, but we'll be back here together. Uh, no meetings on Saturday or anything like that this week.